Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! Or are we live? Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so life's awesome. That's how we're always going to start these yeah. things. <laughs> Where I'm not going to know that it's going. Yes, um, exactly. Hey, that's how we got a lot of good content. That's how we get banter. <laughs> yes. That's how we got a lot of good content on, uh, what was it? Dickie and... What? <laughs> In episode eight, we go on this huge thing about Rigby and Ducky. Oh, our pet, my pets. Yes, Rigby and Ducky. But it was... Dickie and Rugby. Dickie and Rugby. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, it doesn't matter. All right, great. Hello, welcome to the Feeding Call. Hi. I'm Megan. I'm Skylar. We're talking about Boy Meets World. Yes. Yeah, Season is, uh, one, episode 10. 10. And it's uh, the Christmas episode. So Santa's little helper. Why is, why is it Christmas in July? I don't know. That's not halfway through the year. No should be june it should why do they even say that what's the what, what what's is christmas that? in july yeah like why well when i was that? younger i always thought it was because it was like oh we're halfway through the year july 25th woohoo but like that's not halfway through the year if you heard that i'm pretty sure someone just died outside my building is that that's not wind I don't know what that is. Car accident, probably. Ooh, fun. Sucks um, too. Suck. I don't. Let's let's do a quick little Christmas in July it's origin. It's turn to recap. Here we go. I'ma talk like this the whole episode. Wait, hang on. <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> Christmas in July is an unofficial holiday. The term originated from the fact that in the Southern Hemisphere, Christmas is actually celebrated in the summer. Residents from that area began to throw Christmas celebrations in July, as that is the peak month of their winter season. That's where Christmas in July comes from. I feel so well-researched. Here's what happens in this episode. Uh, go. Okay, so we open, and they're reading a Christmas carol in class, and uh, Corey and Sean complain that the Grinch wasn't there, and that they need, and Corey needs to find out more about Christmas, and then they're at lunch, and Sean has his lunch packed, and he's bragging about all the toys he's getting for Christmas, and Minkus is like, hey, where's your five bucks for the Christmas present? And then uh, they Corey goes home, and he's like, I'm going to brag to Sean, and his dad says, hey, Sean's dad lost his job. He's probably just lying to you, and Corey gives him a basketball, but he's actually not giving it with true intent. And then later, Corey does a nice thing for Sean and gives five bucks over to the... Uh, God, wow, that one... <laughs> that was bad. There's more and more... Yeah, it wasn't the greatest. That was a bad one. There's a lot in this episode. It? No, and it doesn't feel fair. That's It doesn't feel fair if I redo it. Acceptable. The end of this episode involves Corey giving $5 to Minkus for Sean's yes, piece of the sure. present with no expectation of mm. gratitude, mm -hmm. just as a friend thing to do, and yes. Sean finds out. Well, <sighs> here's the strange part about this. Sean doesn't tell Corey that he knows, so when he gives him the net, it doesn't make any sense necessarily to Corey... But does Corey then know? I think Corey Do you think he figures it out? I think Corey figures it out. All right. Corey knows that Sean is going to hear that he's on the card. Yes. And that something happened. That something happened. But he thought it was Minkus. Sean, Sean did Minkus. think it was Minkus and found out from Minkus that it was Corey. I, I think we're to understand that Corey is like, hey, you know that I did the thing. Fair. But also it doesn't matter if Corey knows if he did the thing or not. What'd you learn, Megan? So I learned, before I do that, I've okay. got some trivia for us. Oh, I'm sorry. Trivia. Hit so in two, trivia. yes. So in 2010, the Huffington Post listed this as one of the top Christmas episodes of all time of any sitcom. Wow. And there are other Christmas episodes of Boy Meets World, but this one made the, uh, made the top. Interesting. One of the top. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I do think this is probably the best Christmas episode of oh, Meets World. There are some good moments in this one. It's a very Not good even one. A, of a sentimental 
value. Uh-huh. I feel like this is not a very sentimental episode. However, there are so many good moments in this episode that uh-huh. are just, it's just good TV. It's, it's just good, funny. Good acting. Oh, uh, you know what? It's not the best Boy Meets World Christmas episode. What's though? the best one? The one where the one with Sean Eric. and Topanga get? No. Yes, I know what you're talking about. The one about. with Eric and mm-hmm. Tom, where Eric's Santa Claus. That's the best Christmas episode. Because that's also Sean and Angela. Um, I could see that. That one's a little more sentimental, though. Oh, it's I think really this heavy. One has it's a super more... emotional one. This one just has funnier moments. Yeah. It's just a good it's I mean, a good pull out of the story right. and right. watch it by itself. You're right. Episode. It is a great Christmas episode in that vein because the season six Christmas episode relies on the, the larger context. arc mm-hmm. and you also finish it and you're kind of just really sad. Yes. <laughs> so fine, 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 fine. Go on. Anyway. Thank you, Huffington so, Post. What I learned was regardless of the time of year, we should all be giving without expectation mm-hmm. and uh pretty much that's it yeah <laughs> it's kind of i mean feeny is pretty good about saying obviously friendship is a great gift that we should cherish and whatever and he calls Corey out on giving with the expectation of, of receiving receiving the thanks. right the thanks. you gave the gift to get the thanks mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so he calls him out on it which is good mm-hmm I think that that's pretty, it's pretty straightforward and it's, it's a Christmas episode. So obviously it has to do with giving and receiving and whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's textbook about, Mm -hmm. you know, the under being a young person and understanding the value of giving and receiving gifts. So that's, that's a good one for sure. That was kind of, I mean, what I got from the episode was basically just give without expectation. Right. Kindness for kindness Mm -hmm. is sake. Kindness is great. Kindness. Nis, nis, nis. <laughs> Just a lot of S's nis, in that. Nis, 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 nis. Um, Skylar became a snake. Here we go. Speaking of the time of year, real quick segue. I don't believe that it's Christmas time in Philadelphia based on how much time they Thank spend outside you. wearing just Thank like a fucking you. t-shirt and a hoodie. I wrote that in my notes. What I was a, like, they are outside. Warm. There are still leaves on the trees. Right. Like, they what are a, in fall jackets that are unzipped, yeah. so their t-shirts are What a are very exposed. warm Christmas, which yeah. is possible, I guess. Let's, we had one this Christmas, but at the same time, yeah, look up what I'm going to look like up the Philly. temperature. Christmas Day, Philadelphia. 1993. Yeah, they're outside in fall coats with birds chirping. Leaves are still on the trees. High of 35, low of 27. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely they were not in fall coats outside. 35, come on. That yeah. at least whoever, is winter jacket zipped up. Wardrobing this episode did not do an did excellent job it. of putting them out. Because they spend so much time outside. They do spend a lot of There's time like outside. There's a lot of time outside. They're playing basketball. Yeah, they're playing basketball. No gloves. Corey's just sitting out there mm-hmm. at the end of the episode. There's a lot of outside time in this one. There is. Which, even Morgan, when they come home from seeing Santa, Morgan's in, like, uh, she's in a, um, what is it called? A letterman jacket? Mm-hmm. An eagle's letterman jacket. Mm. So he's not even in a winter coat. Yeah. No gloves, no hat. Right. No it's the scarf. hat. And, it's the hat and the gloves that get me the most. For me, I was like, well, I don't know. Philadelphia might not get as much. I don't know. I don't. I've never been there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't know what their winters are like. However, there's another episode or another Christmassy episode where there's a blizzard yeah. and. Corey oh, all the other freezes. Christmas episodes are a lot colder. Yeah. So what's up with this one? Um, anyway, that's uh, off track. But right. what did you learn? I learned to never trust a mall Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, they, whoever yes. wrote this show, had certain experiences with mall yes. Santa Clauses because it makes more than one appearance. Uh huh. And it's strange. 
Uh, <laughs> just throwing that. I mean, whoever, someone has some rough experience as a child with a mall Santa. That much is for sure. Which I don't. This didn't blame come them. from nowhere. Uh, and yeah, reflecting on it. So I knew the man in my town growing up. There was a man who played Santa at lots of community events mm-hmm. and malls, and he was a substitute teacher at our high school. Also, and everybody knew he was Santa. Right, like mm-hmm. if you had him as a sub, you got excited because you had Santa that day, and you could also just convince him to not do anything in class except tell you stories about when he used to be a teacher, mm-hmm. and it's the best. But like reflecting on that, sitting here and thinking about like, yeah, man, these mall Santas—it's a real low bar, isn't it? I've been an Easter Bunny before. No. Yes, I have. When oh. I, I was uh, technically speaking, it was my first paid acting job. Um. When I was 17 years old at a country club in my hometown for like two hours, I was in an Easter Bunny costume with $50 and a free lunch. I promise you, listeners, (laughs) if I get a picture of that, I will put it on our Instagram. We will try and dig it up. No, you could. It's fine. I don't know if you'll find one. We can dig it up. We'll try. I don't know how scary your bunny costume is. It was pretty scary. And you know, bunny costumes are always fucking They're scary. They're terrifying. Easter bunny I costumes don't are understand so scary. Why, who started the whole let's sit on the Easter bunny's lap like Santa trend? Some, At least Santa is a real human person. Some more people co-opting. And not a giant bunny yeah. who walks on two legs like a human. <laughs> With a fucking colorful vest right? and bloodshot eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's Those teeth, scary. being so close to teeth that big. I mean, oh, listen. It's like being in the ocean with a great white. <laughs> Having been the Easter Bunny, there are plenty of kids that are scared as fuck of you. And plenty of parents yeah. trying to be like, go on, go, go. And you're like, please don't. Please. <laughs> don't force that. It's really fine. It's please don't. It's just let them go. They, they should be scared of this. That's yes. a good sign that That's... they are mentally well developed. Yeah. <laughs> um, they can sense those triggers. Like, like they should understand that this is kind of scary. That's... They shouldn't be excited about it. No. Absolutely not. Uh, so that's what I learned. I mean, wow. uh, that's, yes. I also learned, obviously, you know, the idea about friendship and, mm-hmm. and, and giving without the idea that you should get something for giving something. Yes. You don't need a pat on the back for giving something. Correct. Giving is the gift that keeps on giving. All right, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> With that. At the beginning of this episode, Sean and Corey were jerks. To Minkus yeah, and Topanga. real assholes. They're such douches. And douche. there are moments... Well, Minkus is kind of a dick in this episode, too. But Minkus is just doing his job. Well, but he doesn't have to be... Yeah, he's he's doing his job in an aggressive way. And by calling Sean a deadbeat for not having $5, uh-huh. like, I'm sure that Minkus assumes that it's because Sean doesn't want to contribute because he doesn't like Feeny. Uh-huh. But at the same time, if he doesn't have the money, he doesn't have the money. Right. And, like, you need to lay off. Right. Not necessarily in a way of... Don't ask him again and just assume that he's not going to and don't put his name on the card. Yeah, it doesn't but need to be a loan shark. Call and... names and... <laughs> right, start breaking kneecaps. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, and then you know what? I think that they leaned into Sean and Corey being dicks to them in the beginning of this episode and Minkus being a dick because Sean and Minkus get a nice moment in the hallway. Yes. Where they reconcile. And I think that that's kind of why we get to see both of them being, such being jerks. Being jerks. Yeah. This, is, this episode flags for me actually. As a lapse in Feeney and his good teacher ability. Why do you say that? Because Feeney is in the yard and hears the conversation between Sean and Corey where they get into a fight. And Corey, you know, throws out the information that Sean's dad got laid off and they get into a big old fight about it. 
He doesn't go inside? No, he's totally outside. Because the, the scene immediately follows where Corey says, like, ah, and somebody didn't understand. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Christmas Carol. And so what I think, I mean, I don't. it's tough. It's a very tricky situation. Because mm-hmm. I don't know what exactly I would do. But somebody in that school, be it Feeney or a guidance counselor, should have probably leaned in a little closer to Sean's situation. And maybe so there's lots well, of yeah. si- there's lots of signs that there like are. some something has changed in his family life and it's affecting his school life. I would say that maybe they did, but it's not pictured because obviously Sean's not the main. So yeah. like maybe Feeney pulled Sean aside after class one day and was just like, if you need anything, just like, let me know. Yeah. I mean, that's all we need. That's all it should be. I think is just like, how are things going? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if you, I'm here. So that could have happened maybe off screen, but you're right. I think that there needs to be more recognition of Sean and the fact that, yeah, his dad. Well, yeah. I mean, it's your job. If you're a public school teacher or other, any teacher, really, it's equal parts, your responsibility to keep an eye out for drastic changes in behavior at school and to recognize that something may have changed at home. I would argue that Sean doesn't have necessarily a drastic change in behavior though, because he's always kind of a dick. I guess. I mean, so the fact that he, uh, you know, he he starts bringing his lunch and yelling about that. I guess we don't, we don't see anything in the classroom though. You're right. You're right. There isn't a big, you're right. It's not an exaggerated. Sure. There's no exaggerated change. If he were like an A student that suddenly started getting like really shitty grades or or if he was a quiet student that suddenly started making a lot of outbursts. Mm-hmm. You're right. There is not a drastic change in behavior there. He's always kind of a... I guess you're right. It's just that Feeney like, clearly overhears their conversation, mm-hmm. I think. I would say more... Well, and then Feeney does get more involved. The more Sean's family life starts to fall apart, once his mom leaves, once his dad hits the road, mm-hmm. then that's when he starts acting out, and that's when Feeney mm-hmm. and Turner get mm-hmm. more involved. Right. So. But I think about, like, I not only did my dad lose his job when I was in high school, but also I had friends whose dad lost, dads lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. And uh, my teachers didn't really say anything to me. And maybe it was because my mom worked for the school, so they didn't, mm-hmm. they were more yeah aware of it without pulling me aside. And also my grades didn't slip because of it. Nothing sure. really happened, but... Yeah, so my dad, when I was in, in 2008 with the recession, my dad mm-hmm. lost his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company he worked for basically just like closed up. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand a lot of it at the time. No. About which was really going on. But it was I knew it was weird because mm-hmm. my dad always worked. Yeah. As, like full time, as long yes, as I can remember. Absolutely. Um, and then he spent a while looking for a job. And I remember the biggest impact it was for me when I realized that like, oh, something's really changed in our like house's status quo. Two things. One, I was eighth grade choir usually took a trip to New York and I was supposed to go on it. And then we, after like the first payment, my dad lost his job and so on. And my parents were like, Hey, we need to like, pull you, out. you can't go on that trip. Yes. And I remember being like a little upset, but then I was also like, I understand. It's cool. It's fine. Yeah. I think. I hope I was that reasonable. Um, and then I also remember my mom stressing out more at Christmas than mm-hmm. usual. Mm-hmm. I remember because my mom worked part time. And so I remember her stressing a lot more at Christmas time and being a lot more like apologetic about mm. Our, the situation. Our, yeah, about the quantity of gifts. Because I'm, I'm, there are four boys in my family also. So like, yeah, you know, so there's a lot of kids there. Yeah, so I just remember my mom having, like at Christmas time, quite 
quite the ordeal. Mm-hmm. So I really, I wonder, I guess it's, you know, it's interesting to consider what that house, that trailer would have been like. Um, yes. You know, as it was, they didn't have a lot of means and then mm-hmm. very likely living on a paycheck to paycheck basis anyway. So. Well, and then I'm sure that's kind of the, that was the catalyst to why Sean's mother left. Obviously it was because his dad lost his job. They mm-hmm. stopped being able to make payments and do things. And he started mm-hmm. putting the bills in the microwave like he does. Mm-hmm. And uh, then that's probably why Verna was like, hmm, bye. <laughs> boy bye so yeah it's just a dicey situation but but i didn't have any teachers like talk to me really i did have, i had a conversation with my choir teacher and my mom like the, i remember it was mm-hmm. kind of like the three of us had this conversation about like i was coming pulling out of that mm-hmm. field trip yeah and i guess he did say something kind of like you know we're here to help like anything i can you know let yeah. me know and uh so I had, we had a pretty close relationship where he was he was a good choir teacher like he cared about his students mm. and their happiness and well-being at homes and things like that so yeah but, you know, what we do see later when Turner gets overly involved with Sean, gets very involved with Sean, uh, Feeney considers him to be overly involved. Yes. Um, and that he, need, you know, he's maybe crossing some lines. And it's interesting when we get there because... I was going to say, we'll have to have a conversation about that when we get there. Yeah. I need to rewatch those episodes yeah. when we reach that point, just... Because I feel like I would have some different feelings about it as an adult. Then. Right. When I'm in high school, I'm like, that would be so cool. Like, live with a teacher and like, I don't yeah. know, that kind of situation. For Maybe sure. Maybe feel differently as a 25-year-old. Right. Right. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, because I, I think the show did, when we get there, the show does a nice job of not siding with Turner or Feeney. Yes. Uniquely. Just leaving it up in the right. air. Right. For the Both of them the have their equal concerns. Interpret. Yeah. So we did have someone write in, um, John wrote into us and he made a good point about Alan knowing about Chet. This was the question. How did Alan know Chet got laid off? They weren't exactly super close. Would Chet have told Alan maybe he heard through a mutual friend? Sure. I mean, the right answer is plot device. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> the, the more the interesting answer, I guess, is... I don't know, you know, maybe they all dads go drinking together or something. I was going to say maybe Chet told Feeney mm. and it just came up in conversation if Chet and Feeney were in the, or if Alan and Feeney were in the backyard and they were just like, whatever, hanging out. Sure. It might have come up or. Yeah, that makes sense. Which I'm... kind of makes Feeney a gossip a little bit, but I feel like that would be the only. Yeah, but like, you know, it's not well, that's fine. <laughs> It's not, I mean, hey, your kid's best friend's dad got laid off and no one's talking about it. It's probably worthwhile information. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I remember, I guess it's also if you are, I don't know what their community is like or how big their school is or whatever. I mean, they only have nine kids in their class. But but I remember like when I was in school, we had such a small school that everyone kind of knew everything about everyone's parents. So if mm-hmm. somebody's dad got laid off, like their at least immediate friend group knew, if not all of the rest of the class or whatever. So mm. that was not a thing in my school, but I went to a big ass public school. So yeah. yeah. But cool. yeah, so I think it was probably, I think it was Feeney. I that's think that's, just, I like that. I like that assumption more than like my personal opinion trickling through the bar scene or something, you know? Yeah. Well, Alan doesn't really seem like a bar kind of guy. I could be wrong, but he seems like, okay, does he or does he not a little bit seem like at some point in like his teens or early 20s could have been like an alcoholic and then done something stupid that like made him straighten out a little bit? I believe, I I think that things lead us to believe that later on too. 
Yeah. You know, there's there's an episode later where we find out that he had a really, uh, he was kind of the bad kid and needed a good friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's obviously, you know, he, he is not averse to drinking, you know, and, and whatever else, and vices that are involved there. So, yeah, I believe that. I believe he, I mean, I think what probably put him straight was that, like, now he has a kid and a wife and has to get his life together. That's probably true. Maybe so. it was Amy telling him that she was pregnant for yeah, the first time. could be. I think there's possibility there. We need a spinoff. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, Sean's dad lost his job, and it's it's a rough time at Christmas time it if you're in that time. position. Absolutely. That's or the worst holiday time to lose time. it. Yeah. General holiday time. General. You yeah. know, it happens. Whatever. I mean, it was the 90s, so like it was a sitcom about a white family, so it was obviously a Christmas special, not a, yes. not a holiday or anything of that nature. But Correct. <laughs> Correct. It's interesting because the Matthews never talk really about religion much. Never comes up much. No, but they do reference God a lot. They there's a couple episodes I can think of specifically another mm-hmm. Christmas episode mm-hmm. where Eric yeah. talks to God. Yeah, he has a he says a Sean also has a moment. Yeah. When yeah, Turner some, gets in his bike accident right. where he talks there's to a, God. There's a God moment there. There are a couple moments. Yeah, it's interesting when they choose to pull in like a hard Christian mm-hmm. ideal for the sake of an emotional moment that we otherwise don't see these characters yeah. relating in Christianity, well, which is I pretty fair. That's, <laughs> yes, well, I think that's very interesting view of things just simply because I feel that that's... You think about uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. George Bailey's sitting at the bar and he's like, mm-hmm. I don't usually pray, but like I'm desperate right now. If you're yeah. up there, please. Sure. Yeah. And so I feel like it's that rings true in this show too. They don't usually call out to God right. unless they're in a situation where they're like, this doesn't make sense. Can you please help me out here? Yeah. So it's interesting that they do in those situations that mm-hmm. we that we hear that in a, in a popular sitcom mm-hmm. on a just on a network in general, it's very unusual, Mm -hmm. especially nowadays. You would never hear something like that. But I Mm -hmm. find it very interesting that that is what, that is the approach that they take, especially when a character is desperate. Yeah. There were probably some good Christian writers, I guess. (laughs) Or not, I would say not even Christian. They were just wanting to get a little more family appeal Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you hear something about god and all of those conservative parents out there sure. are like so oh, you can watch this show now it's show. An, yeah <laughs> even though they're getting a hotel room on prom night and yeah. underage drinking you can watch this show it's fine they talk about god so it's the writers being like throwing a bone we're fine yeah <laughs> this show is great right, have your kids watch it hedonistic atheists yeah. <laughs> uh what else you got an mvp mvp <sighs> here's the thing i thought i i could not for, for the life of me, think of an MVP. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to pick Morgan, which we'll get to, that whole <laughs> thing. I just, I love Morgan so much. But I think the only reason that I gave it to Mr. Feeney is because, first of all, he calls Corey out. Mm-hmm. He's just like, what, what you did was stupid and mm-hmm. it was all your fault. No wonder Sean didn't want your stupid gift. Anyway. Uh-huh. But also because he comes back and plays Santa. Santa. Yes, I knew that was gonna be it. Yes, yes. How did they rope him into that? And he comes in and he's just like, "Hello, Morgan." He just, you know, he just love. He cares about kids. Yes, he does. His 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 I guess love of impacting young lives overpowers 
the fact that he does not want to be there and no. he does not want to be involved. But you know what? Also, he's such a, such a sentimental sap. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. that like, I'm sure he was like, oh, like, this isn't important for a mm-hmm. young person. Like, I can do this for mm-hmm. her. Um, I wonder if the tradition of him reading A Christmas Carol at the Matthews Place started maybe the following year when Corey was out of sixth grade mm-hmm. because then he wasn't able to read it to him in class. So we read it to him in class. And right, then, right. And then we later, we, then we later the several later Christmas episodes, that's a tradition. Yeah. So um, maybe it started after that. It's interesting that like every, every Christmas episode of Boy, of Boy Meets World kind of somewhat revolves around a Christmas carol. A little bit, yeah. Um, they do enjoy you know, that. Because like in uh, this one, it, you know, Corey's kind of the, you know, thinks that he's learned the, the, the lesson. lesson of giving and he hasn't, right? And mm-hmm. we talk about a Christmas Carol and then there's the one where we literally do like the Christmas Carol bit yes. where with Topanga coming over mm-hmm. and then uh, there's the later one where Feeney, every time he walks in the room, he's like, do I read a Christmas Carol now? Yep. <laughs> like, Is it time? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's Feeney in this one, you know, he just, he's he nails it. He nails he it does. all around. He does, he's got a He's got a good moment when he gets the, receives the dictionary. Mm-hmm. It's such a kind moment there. Mm-hmm. It's a good moment where in the in the yard with Corey, mm-hmm. uh, reading everything about him in the Santa Claus bit. It's all good in this one. <laughs> so good. He does a he's a great great Feeny episode. Funny. I had a little continuity problem, I guess, that presents ourselves here. Several really, and it's all because of that Topanga Christmas episode when she's gonna come spend Christmas at the Matthews house, and she has all her different traditions than they do. None of those traditions exist here. I would argue that it's because we don't actually see Christmas Day. Well, the first one is the Christmas tree. In that episode, they're... How they all stand around and light the Christmas tree? No, no, no. In the in the Topanga episode, Alan's putting up the Christmas tree and is like, I love my silver aluminum Christmas tree. Oh, yes. And Topanga's like, oh, well, you know, everyone has a Christmas tree. What is that? And then they have to go to Vermont go get and an get a Christmas, Christmas tree. tree. Okay, fair. And so, like, in this episode, they don't have that. We never actually know what their Christmas episode. Have Do we that. see that silver aluminum Christmas tree? They just needed to create some conflict. Uh, right. It gets the ball rolling. Um, then I, that's fine with, like, they do the, the apple cider versus eggnog thing. Tree thing though, just just flicked a switch in my brain. I feel as though it should have been the opposite. And because they had already done Christmas episodes, Alan could be like, I love my fresh Christmas tree. And Topanga could be the one who's like, well, cutting down trees is and sure. stick a little bit with their hippie vibe of uh-huh. like, you should not cut down a tree to put in your house just for a couple months and then toss it out right. and whatever. Get a sustainable you should get a sustainable tree. tree. Yeah. I feel like that was a missed opportunity from the writers, whatever. It's yeah, fun. but then they wouldn't have had to drive to Vermont. <laughs> you know, they yeah, that's true. Well, uh, yeah, they needed to create that conflict. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's just all kinds of bits in that episode where they're like hard traditions that they talk about that yes. don't, don't present themselves don't. here. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. There were a couple of things for me as well. The first thing being when Morgan comes home and she like locks herself in the bathroom, why does she lock herself in the boys' bathroom? Hmm. Great question. Right? It's she, also maybe the laundry room because Amy comes out of there at some point, right? Or no, she's she got comes towels, out with dirty she? towels. Yeah, You're but right. why is she in the? Why there? is she? Why did she run into the boys' bathroom? Maybe. And maybe it was because Eric was like haranguing her for. No, because he comes down. And he's like, "Hey, what's the deal?" She's locked herself in the bathroom. Maybe it's a Jack and Jill style bedroom bathroom Fair. situation. Yes, we still haven't. She's on out the, the other. We don't know where house. she lives in that house. She doesn't have a room that we ever see. <laughs> nope. They didn't. They couldn't afford another set. You know, they, they <laughs> that's true. They couldn't put in. <laughs> they couldn't afford bathroom. a hallway set for this one. They had to be there so that Eric could give her the shirt. 
<laughs> Maybe it is a Jack and Jill. We'll have to... I will recall that in the episode where Corey starts seventh grade or starts junior high because there's a better shot of that bathroom. So if it's not, then like, right. she just like locked herself in there. Anyway, that made no sense to me. Mm-hmm. The piano in the middle of the <laughs> living room now? What? Yeah, piano, Never been there before? The Pianos piano that shows up. are heavy. <laughs> you just can't move them willy-nilly. Well, it is an upright piano. And that's still heavy. My parents have an upright piano. It yeah. is heavy. I mean, you can roll them around. They go out of tune if you move them around too much. But you yeah. can ro- one person can roll an upright. The, why would you though? That's the problem. Is why like if it's why in your home, you? it's stationary. Yes. What I'm le- what we're led to believe is that that upright piano is always there, just a little yes, out of frame in the corner frame. left of the door. Whatever. Which makes no sense because we see several wide shots and Absolutely. there's definitely never a nope, piano. Never. A piano. Uh, it shows up a couple of other random mm. times, but I I often every time I watch this episode, I'm like, ah, uh, yes. Yes. The piano. Why? <laughs> never again do we see the piano. Uh huh. There are so many good moments, though, I will say, like fam- cute family moments that are so relatable, like when Eric's standing outside of the bathroom and he's giving Morgan a hard time and mm-hmm. he's like, Santa just called and he's oh, yeah. oh, 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 pretending <laughs> to have a heart attack. That's such a good moment. When Amy is telling Alan what happened and mm, he's laughing and sweet. she's like, that's not funny. And Morgan thinks she killed Santa. <laughs> that's such a funny, sincere moment Yeah. yeah, yeah. when they're sitting around and they're They've got their like script or whatever. Uh, oh, and where Corey Corey's like, I forget my line. <laughs> and the door rings, and it's such. There's so many honest family moments in this mm-hmm. episode. I love it because it just not only makes me feel like I am a child again, and I'm like, oh, I remember Christmas as a child, and like sitting around and like mm-hmm. making cookies, and mm-hmm. it's so much more exciting it's, when you're an adult. <laughs> yes, I should, It's it's a it's a. Just a feeling of like, I want them to be my family. Like that's so, they have so many sweet, sincere moments. It feels truly like they are a family. Mm -hmm. And Morgan's like sitting on next to Eric at one point and just cute. That's real Cute little moment. It's very good. We got a boom mic. We do have a boom mic. By the way. There is a boom. We got a boom mic. Corey is hurrying the kids out of the classroom and in the upper left hand corner, it's clear as day. It is. There is a boom mic. It is very clear. You're so right. clear. Like the first one that I called out, it was very subtle. It was hard to see. This yeah. one, it is it's full all there. on. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's like the whole thing. Yep. You're right. So, uh, yeah. Boom check. Boom check. That's two. We'll keep on it. Anything else? No. I don't think so. Well, good. My parking timer just ran out. So. Oh, great. <laughs> I will say this, though. Sean is in the right. Sean, for sure, when he gets a little mad at Corey for oh, yeah. the charity, I, I think agree. Sean is in the right. Sean's justified. Well, he's also, like, you know, that's hard. Yeah. Being 11 years old and your dad lost lost his job. Yeah. Like, you know. you And know. trying not to tell his friends. Right. Like, trying to, like, be, be chipper about it. Yeah. Yeah. Sean's right to be a little angry. Mm-hmm. Because Corey doesn't present it well at all. He, no. Corey's an ass about it. He's like, hey, aren't I good? Come on. Yep. I'm a cool guy. He even opens it for him. Right. Yeah, it's all selfish. It's all very selfish. So, it's Corey's, I mean, it's all Corey's MO, you know? Can learn so much every week and still be so stupid. Yeah. Um, he admits that later. He does. We get there. All right. Anyway, class dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>